You are listening to the Gustavus Health Professions Podcast. In episode 16, we will be speaking with Courtney Eichmann, College of St. Scholastica Assistant Director of Enrollment Management. The focus of this episode will be enrollment for the Physician Assistant, Physical Therapy, and Occupational Therapy programs at St. Scholastica. We will also learn a bit more about their state-of-the-art Health Science Center at Bluestone. Please also see our additional resources and links in the description of this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Gustavus Health Professions Podcast. My name is Heidi Selsler Barr, and I am here today with my colleague, Heather Banks. Our guest today is Courtney Eichmann, Assistant Director of Enrollment Management at the College of St. Scholastica. We will start today by Courtney giving us an introduction. Thank you for having me and for hosting this podcast for your listeners. I love this idea. My name is Courtney Eichmann. I've had a long and winding path to get to where I am today, and it has helped me become better at what I do now because of it. From the age of about 13 to 19, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was going to be an athletic trainer for a Division I men's hockey team. But many things happened to change my trajectory, and I ultimately graduated with a BS in psychology from the University of North Dakota. I then shifted my focus to PA programs, but the timing wasn't right. So I earned a master's degree in counseling from the University of Wisconsin-Superior and tailored it to working with college students. I then worked for a small company providing career development for college students and also hired them as PCAs to obtain direct patient care work experience. I started working at St. Scholastica in 2007 in admissions, starting with non-traditional undergraduate business and evening programs. My role shifted around 2009 to working with health science graduate programs, and I've been supporting um, those graduate programs in physical therapy, occupational therapy, athletic training, exercise physiology, and physician assistant since then. Awesome, thank you for sharing all of that, Courtney. Yeah, it's interesting that the winding path that you take, right, and how you end up where you're at. So as the Assistant Director of Enrollment Management, what part of your position do you enjoy the most? And what part of your position do you enjoy the least? Thanks for asking. I think the thing that I love the most is definitely meeting with students. I like traveling, I like speaking to clubs and classrooms and building relationships with prospective students, current students, faculty and staff, both at St. Scholastica and other institutions. Um, another excuse me, major enjoyable moment are the phone calls that we, when we can offer admission to one of our programs. On the flip side, it's tough for me to think about my least favorite part because I really love all of what I do. But I think the toughest part is when someone is not offered admission or perhaps waitlisted, which we all know isn't what they're hoping for. So that's tough. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, we see the students on both ends, too. Our job is really fun and great when they're admitted, right? We're cheering with them. And that wait list is really tough. And so is rejection, right? And coming up with the next game plan and how to improve. And um, that's tough. But I think the high points of the job 
they are really great, right? You get to celebrate with that student, especially you, you get to see their growth then moving forward. Yes. Courtney, oh, that's okay. On your website, you have what you call the St. Scholastica Advantage, which lists lots of different highlights about your health professions programs. What do you think are the top three that set St. Scholastica apart from other programs? Thanks for asking. I think, you know, this definitely, I think, differs a little bit per program that a person is considering. So I, I definitely have highlights that I talk about for each program that I support. But if I think about, if I probably consider the, 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 the biggest programs that I support, so PT, OT, and PA, if I think about those three programs, I can definitely um, address this with some overarching benefits that kind of cover all three of those. So with that in mind, I think definitely number one, interprofessional collaboration or education. I think that's huge. That really sets us apart from other programs um, in, in all the programs that we work with. So the interprofessional collaboration is a big thing. Um, I think the number two is probably for those three programs, the classes are held in a state of the art building which features the latest in simulation, telehealth, and technology-supported patient care equipment. So I think that's a major plus for our programs. Um, and I think the third biggest thing, especially when I think about PT and OT, is our on-campus um, Maurice's Community Clinic, which is a, a free clinic where we work from with people from our community who are either uninsured or underinsured and might otherwise have challenges in seeing a physical therapist or occupational therapist in the community, they can come um, and work with our students for free. And I think the experience that our students get in that um, opportunity is amazing. So in a nutshell, I think those are our top three biggest advantages. Well, I'm going to follow up on that state of the art building. So tell us and our listeners about the Health Science Center at Bluestone. Yeah, so the Health Science Center at Bluestone houses three of our graduate programs, PT, OT, and PA. It was recently built in about 2016, and it's about one mile from our main campus. It's near some shops, and it's got, you know, we're near some housing options, including Starbucks, and some quick choices for a meal, all overlooking Lake Superior. Um, it is beautiful. Inside, um, as I mentioned earlier, we do have the Maurice's Community Clinic, um, which has lab and lecture spaces, as well as faculty offices and study spaces. We have a plinth lab and a mat lab, where our students can practice hands-on skills that they're learning in the classroom. Um, and we also have assistive, an assistive technology lab, which is where students develop skills in designing and using assistive technologies aimed at improving a client's independence in daily tasks at work, school, or play. Um, students also get to practice in that same space um, specialized skills like suturing, splinting, and casting. So overall, it's a pretty amazing building and our students really love it. So do our faculty and staff. It's a great place to work. I think Heidi, next time on our visit up there, we're definitely gonna go check this out and we want a meal there if you can recommend some cool places. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yes, we'd love to have you. Please come anytime. At St. Scholastica, students earn a Master's of Science in Occupational Therapy, 
for that program. So can you speak to the difference between um, getting a master's of science in occupational therapy or a doctorate in occupational therapy? Uh, we get that question a lot as advisors. So just what the pros and cons of each might be. Yes, thank you for asking. You know, I receive this question all the time and I'm happy to comment on it. And you're right, it has caused a lot of confusion. So I think if I could start with the history that might help explain things a little bit more. So in 2017, the American Occupational Therapy Association or AOTA mandated that by 2027, all occupational therapists entering the field must possess a clinical doctorate or OTD. In 2019, they reversed the decision. So what does that mean? Well, the profession of occupational therapy remains a dual entry degree profession, which allows people interested in pursuing an education in occupational therapy to choose either an entry-level master's degree or an entry-level doctorate degree as pathways to becoming an occupational therapy practitioner. Uh, the entry-level doctorate degree, uh, their accreditation standards require education related to research, leadership, and a focused capstone experience. The Department of Occupational Therapy at CSS continues to provide a rigorous curriculum with full applied research projects for all master's level students, as well as leadership threaded throughout the curriculum. So we're doing a lot of those things in our master's program already. So I'd say when I kind of break this down for students, I'd say the biggest advantages of the master's degree in occupational therapy versus the OTD, the master's degree has less credits. It's less tuition cost and it's less time to complete which means a person can be working as an ot sooner or quicker this also opens the door for a person to go back for a post-professional degree which can be more helpful in advancing a career so it's kind of interesting i think the master's degree has a lot of advantages to it that's why we are keeping it we don't have plans at this time to transition um, to an OTD for those reasons. We're trying to make OT an accessible option for a lot of people and by removing barriers, this is one way that we can do that and keeping it at the master's level, we're keeping it cost effective, we're keeping it fewer credits um, and you can get out to be working as an OT faster and that means you're earning your salary and you're doing what you want to be doing. That is super helpful information because I do sometimes struggle how to answer that question with students because they think, well, if it's moving towards a doctorate, that's what we have to do. And this just helps us be able to answer that question so much better. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So switching gears here a little bit to the doctorate of physical therapy degree at St. Scholastica. Um, we saw on your website that the PT graduates have a 100% job placement rate over the past three years, which we both work in career, so that's very impressive. And at and the medium annual salary is right around $88,000. Can you share with us the work settings PT graduates are working in? Yes, thanks for asking. And yeah, we're very proud of our students. Um, so this is exciting to talk about. Um, our PT graduates are working in the hospital, so more specifically the ICU, intensive care unit. They're working in the emergency room and hospital inpatient settings. 
Um, our students also work in acute care and long-term rehab facilities for patients who need maybe more rehab after leaving the hospital and before going home. Um, they're doing some work in home health care and outpatient clinics as well. And then some of our grads are working in specialty areas, including women's health, orthopedics, sports, neurologic injury, cardiopulmonary injury, geriatrics, pediatrics, acute care, oncology, and the performing arts. So they're doing, they're in a number of different settings. It's pretty cool to hear about where they're going and what they're doing. Yeah, that pretty much covers the whole spectrum, right? So many different opportunities for all health professions, but especially PT, having that variety in positions. That's great to hear. Yes. Okay, we've talked about OT and PT, so now PA. So your Master's of Science in Physician Assistant is a 28-month program, um, and it is relatively new to St. Scholastica. Can you speak to the advantage students might have by attending St. Scholastica and participating in your interprofessional education that you offer? Yes, um, thank you. And as I alluded to this a little bit early in our conversation, but the interprofessional education is a major component of our curriculum, certainly with the PA program, and it also is um, embedded in our uh, PT and OT programs too. But to your question, um, specifically about the PA program, you know, our students practice interprofessional teamwork that's required in the workplace um, by collaborating with graduate students in a variety of health professions, um, such as, you know, PT and OT, certainly, but also athletic training, health informatics, uh, exercise physiology, nursing, and social work. Um, and, you know, it's super interesting because we've been asked to speak about our work nationally um, regarding this training that we do with the level of interprofessional education. So we are very excited about it and very passionate about it. Um, so sometimes students ask me, well, what, I don't really, what does that mean? Like, how can I be doing that? Or what does that look like for me if I was to come to your program? And so, you know, one example that I sometimes share with folks is that our PA students collaborate with our exercise physiology graduate students. Um, the ex-phys students run a lab where they do stress testing. The exercise physiology students teach the PA students how and where to place the electrodes to obtain an accurate EKG. And they also teach them how to complete a stress test. Um, and this is certainly in conjunction with our PA and exercise faculty too. So you get the collaboration with the faculty as well as the students and the students get to work. You know, that's a skill that our exercise phys students no, and that's something that they can share and teach our PA students. And it's such a great way to learn because you probably have heard, you know, PA, when PAs are out in the working world, it's all about teamwork and collaboration. And to have that right in your educational program is huge. And that's one thing that we certainly pride ourselves on. Yeah, that's really impressive. The different opportunities the students would have to work together. And yes, we have many students that shadow. We have a few programs during January, and that's the one takeaway they usually have as well, is how much the different health professionals work together to assist the patient. So that's great that they're getting that in their graduate school training. So shifting gears here just a little bit, can you tell us what students selected for an interview can expect on interview day? 
Well, yes, and this often comes as a shocker to a lot of people. So I wanted to share with you today that we actually don't interview students for any of our programs. Okay. Um, and we haven't for years. Uh, and I know this is a surprise to a lot of people. So I just, if I could clarify just a little bit more about why we don't interview, because it is very intentional. It's a very thoughtful process that we went through to come to this point. Um, and it's the, the, the rationale is slightly different for each program, but in total, you know, we're trying to be more holistic in our review of applicants. So to that end, we do review every piece of the application. Um, everything that a student enters in their application is reviewed by our, our committees. Um, every word that they write is very important to us. Um, and we haven't interviewed for years for many reasons. And I think the biggest reason is that interviews are not a good predictor of success in a graduate program. Also, we're trying to reduce barriers. And I sort of alluded to this earlier in our conversation, but whether we think about the cost of travel, you know, pre-COVID, it was the cost of travel and food and hotel and clothing. I mean, that's a costly expenditure for students when we think about that. Um, just to travel to all the interviews or you know now especially with covid whether we consider students that have maybe a poor internet connection or maybe they don't have a private space to do an interview or maybe they have work obligations and certainly school obligations come into play and it can be hard to schedule those types of things and so we are trying to be um, a little bit more inclusive and we're trying to remove barriers for applicants and this is one way um, that we can do that and there are lots of other reasons that you know we can certainly we can talk about it another time but i hope this kind of gives a little bit of a picture as to why we don't interview um we certainly do understand that some students certainly find value in an interview and for a lot of different reasons so to that end we also invite our applicants to visit with us certainly via phone email zoom campus visits um, however they want to connect with us, we certainly welcome. It wouldn't be a formal interview, but it's an opportunity to connect with us and learn more about our program, to share more about themselves if they like. Um, but it's just a chance if they want to visit campus and meet with some of our faculty, we can certainly do that. Or like I said, via Zoom, we can always do that as well. So we welcome the connection and we welcome the visit, but we do not have a formal interview process. Yeah, Courtney, that's really interesting and really a pretty cool perspective that you shared there. So, yeah, thanks for letting us know that. And we'll definitely um, make sure that any student applying there, you know, really understands that 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 concept. So thanks. Yes. How do you anticipate uh, impacting or how it will impact admissions for the process for the next cycle of 2020? Two, how will COVID impact all of that? As I, you know, as I think about the programs that I support, the biggest challenge has probably been related to observation hours and lack of opportunities to observe. So for PT and OT, for example, they, they want applicants to have observation hours, but there's no minimum requirement for the number of hours that a student has. And we certainly take this into consideration in our review We'd love for students to have observation hours, but we know that it's virtually impossible. In fact, impossible in a lot of cases to obtain those. Um, so we're aware of that. There's no minimum hours to be considered. So people can apply with 
whatever they have. Um, and that's fine. As an example, um, or another opportunity, I should say, OT has posted a virtual observation experience. So if people are interested, we have that posted on our website. You can always contact me if you need um, to find that. I can send that to you. Um, so that's just another opportunity to, to connect for OT if somebody's interested. But I think the other way COVID may be impacting the cycle is that each, each of the programs that I support is considering pass-fail grades or marks in prerequisite courses for a period of time during the pandemic. And each program is slightly different on the time frame in which they'll accept pass-fail, um, but we've noted that on our website. So the pass-fail opportunity is there. We always strongly encourage students to take courses for grades, but we know with that pandemic that has changed some things. Um, but I think in, in total, each admissions committee that I work with knows and understands that COVID has had a major impact on all of our lives and in many different ways. And so in most of the applications, applicants have the opportunity to address how or if the pandemic has impacted their application. Great, and Heidi and myself, our message really to student is to share how it is impacted, right? Don't just say I got sent home for virtual learning, but to really talk about how that has had an impact. And that is cool to know that you have some opportunities for virtual shadowing posted on the website. We have found different opportunities for students, mainly for medicine and PA, where there's virtual shadowing, but haven't seen as much for OT or PT being offered. So that'll be a great resource for us to check out and, and send our students that way. Because you're right, those hours are very challenging right, to find because obviously they're protecting the patients and the facility, but it is really tough to find those. And we have the same advice to take pass-fail for a grade unless there is an extenuating circumstance that you really do need to take it for a pass-fail. So. And that is tough too, because different programs, like you're saying, even at your own school might have a variety and that's really tough for students to navigate that. And so if they're in that situation, they are going to have to navigate that. But an easier way is if you're not to take it for a grade. That's what our messaging is as well. So what advice would you have for future pre-health applicants? That's a great question. I think my, my best advice it sounds so cliche, but you know, work hard, keep your grades up, try to be involved in your undergraduate experience. You know, whether that's clubs, activities, music, sports, volunteering. Um, sometimes my advice differs a little bit per program or per student that I'm working with. I try to take a personalized approach, but in general, you know, it, make sure you're exploring the profession you're considering to be sure it's a good fit for you. When I say that, students sometimes say, well, how do I explore? What does that mean? Well, consider observation hours or virtual experiences or work experience or volunteer. We want to make sure that this is a good fit for you. Um, talk to people, use your resources. Think about your advisor, your career counselors. I'm sure you guys, um, you this is what you do. You help students who are trying to figure this out um, and make sure you use your admissions counselors because that's what we're here on this end to help you with is to make sure that this is a good fit for you. So I'd say talk to people. All right, Courtney. So thank you for all of this information that you have given us today. We do something a little bit fun here at the end. We call it our rapid fire questions, just to learn a bit more about you. 
So we'll get started with those. So you personally, would you rather enjoy running, walking, or biking? Walking, definitely walking anywhere outside. Duluth is beautiful and has so many trails and lakefront, you know, beach areas and paths to walk on. It never gets old for me. I am a little jealous of where you get to walk compared to uh, here in St. Peter. <laughs> Your favorite summertime food? Salads and guacamole would have to be my favorite, I think. What is the last book you read? Wow, okay, so bear with me for a moment. The truth comes out, the last book that I read was Amelia Bedelia and the Lost Cat, and that was with my six-year-old. You know, I wish I could tell you it was something related to leadership, you know, but I'll be really honest. Uh, time is limited with two young kids and working full-time, and uh, schedules are super busy, so it was. it's usually something with my six-year-old. Well, I can completely relate because last night I read Junie B. Jones. So I'm sure you can relate to that. Oh yes, that is a favorite at our house too. <laughs> and what motivates you to work hard? Um, that is a good question. I think I have a really strong intrinsic motivation. You know, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I want to help people along their journey to the next steps. Um, I like connecting with people and building relationships. The, the passion that I have for this type of work helps me excel. I also work hard for my family. You know, I want to make them proud. I don't want to show my daughters the value of a strong work ethic and how powerful it is to do something that you love. And our final question here is define success. I love this question and it's also a tricky one. I think it's so different for everybody. And you know, this is gonna sound cliche, I'm sure, but I think success is learning something new each day. It's lifelong learning. Success is not giving up. It is celebrating the small victories just as much as savoring the big wins. Um, success is happiness. If you are experiencing happiness, um, if you're experiencing, I think, happiness, love or adventure in this moment, you've already found success. I love that. Uh, we continue to keep that question in there because we love how everyone's answers are so different. So thank you for sharing that, Courtney. Um, your time with us today is so valued and we appreciate it very much. You've inspired me. I want to go back to school. <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> Not really, but you were fantastic. Um, thank you so much for giving us time to the Health Professions Podcast today. We appreciate you. Thank you. And thanks for this opportunity to connect and chat today. I This has been a great chance to catch up and to share with your, with your audience. So I look forward to continue working with you and your students in the future. Thanks so much.